stop you like that <laughs> hey everybody jeff salzman here welcome to the daily evolver it's good to be here and um good to start with that song uh which was of course fdr's jaunty theme song for the end of the great depression happy days are here again and i think this more toned down slightly melancholy version by Barbara Streisand, the classic version. She recorded it when she was 20 years old, is uh, I think more maybe appropriate for our recapitulation of the song. Yeah, I don't know if I have a real show here today, but I, um, I just thought I'd get on and share a little bit about what I'm thinking about the day, because it's a significant day and I want to be in the day and I've been in the day. I've been watching the inauguration. It's happening in real time. It happened, I think Biden gave his speech a couple hours ago. And, um, you know, I want to let myself be inspired. There's been a lot of talk. I don't necessarily want to talk much more. I've said plenty about what's going on uh, and more to come. Oh my goodness gracious, more to come as we evolve in this in our own minds and bodies and in our collective minds and bodies. Uh, we fight and love our way forward. So today was, I think the love part of that, uh, I, it, it's hard for me to wrap my head around, but apparently the United States of America did not uh, achieve a peaceful transfer of power this time. And that was obvious two weeks ago to this day with the storming of the US Capitol incited by the president, sitting president. And we have a lot of the fallout of that to deal with. Not all of which, you know, it's like, it's, it's sort of one of the problems of integral or scandals of evolutionary thinking that if this, whatever tries to kill you doesn't, you end up stronger often, you know, for the most part. And that is true in history. And I think it's true here today, and it's not such a bad thing that Donald Trump is leaving in flames. I mean, we'll see if he smolders or goes out or reignites, but he's gone out in flames. And that's probably the, you know, they, they talk about Joe Biden united, uniting the country. And it's, you know, the country is not, united is not an option, as we in Integral know, in terms of any kind of 100%. But in terms of, you know, some reasonably coherent middle, modern middle, where postmodern has a foot and traditional has a foot, and we can control the red and the, what happens with the fracturing of the country remains to be seen. But I can't imagine a better person than Joe Biden to come in in this moment and in this way that he is coming on as president of the United States, where he is pledging to be a uniter and that he'll be the president of all the people 
and that our polarities and our arguments are not nearly as strong as what holds us together. And those are, you know, very, very worthy um, sentiments. And they do magnetize this reasonable center. And we see that, you know, if we're going to unite the country, 67%, 68% are approving of how Joe Biden is handling things so far uh, with the transition. And it's going to go down from there <laughs> as reality sets back in. Then we realize, and of course, from an integral perspective, we realize that the American people live in two or three or four big world spaces that are at odds with each other. And the evolutionary impulse is, you know, the pendulum swings, but the clock moves forward. So I wanted to just make a couple comments rather than, you know, try to put the whole thing into context or, you know, uh, talk so much about the politics was to just review the inauguration itself. And um, why not? It's, it's fresh on all of our minds. I assume that most of you who have, who have at least checked in on it. So, um, yeah, so um, the first thing I would say is that in watching it and, and beginning to watch earlier this morning when the helicopter came and took Trump away, that I do wanna say that I, what a relief it was for me to see Donald Trump fly away from the White House. I've learned many lessons from Trump, as we all have. I think on balance, he was evolutionarily potent and perhaps right on schedule in giving totalitarian modernity, that is mean orange, and totalitarian postmodernity, that is mean green, the whack upside the head that they needed. As I often said on this podcast, I do not think, did not think that it was worth the risk of being, um, of having an obviously defective human being in the White House. The, you know, the upside wasn't worth that. And I think that was borne out by his behavior since the election. And um, so that was, that's sort of the main feeling. And I, you know, a friend of mine said, I want to take a nap, you know, texted me and I feel that, you know, I just sort of want to take a break from it. And uh, I will do that shortly. I don't think this is going to be the longest episode in the world, but I did, like I said, I do want to do a, a, a couple reviews of things that just stuck out uh, to me about the inauguration itself. You know, once Washington was cleared of the Trump energy. And uh, so I guess the first one I, I would comment on is Kamala Harris, our new vice president. And, you know, I, I don't know much about Kamala Harris. I should read her biography. I do think political biographies are very revealing. I've read a number of them. Um, so I want to do that. But in the meantime, you know, I have to say I wasn't turned off by her at the um, at these hideous debates that they have, you know, where it's all about showboating. And she did that. And she got down on Joe Biden. And, but all of that is passed. All is forgiven. I, I will say that in terms, you know, I don't know, is her politics integral? Is it more green? Is it green modern? I suspect it is. But where she is for sure integral 
at least, you know, it's worth noticing that she, unlike anybody else I can think of, I'm sure there are others, but anybody else I can think of, certainly at this level of politics, she integrates a masculine and feminine in a way that gives room to both. It's exciting to me to see her in her prosecu prosecutorial mode when she is questioning a witness uh, in the Senate and you know cornering them and you know just going for the kill. And yet her sort of, um, what would you say, uh, sort of this horn of plenty, this sort of abundance of joy of life that she has. And she has that, and it, it's, it's this sort of cute, giggly way with her husband. You don't see that, you know, this womanliness uh, that is just so appealing, especially when you integrate it with the masculine. So, you know, I'm all in on Kamala Harris and uh, I thought she did great today. Thought she was terrific. And then of course there's Mike Pence and what's he call his wife? Mommy, I think, mommy or mom, mom, Karen Pence. It was good to see him there. All is forgiven, Mike, uh, I guess. Um, you represent the sane part of the Republican party, the modernist part. That's the part we need and want. Of course, we have to have the other part too. There's again, much will be said on this podcast and everywhere else. I, and I've said this in other contexts, I'm really pretty impressed with the quality of commentary that I'm seeing coming out of, you know, the mainstream media and some of the, you know, lesser, uh, maybe not mainstream media that I think is a lot of integral uh, sensibilities. Uh, a friend wrote me yesterday and asked me, did I think that there are more people talking integrally? Yes, is the answer. But what's more important than talking integrally or talking in terms of spiral dynamics is actually thinking integrally, you know, and thinking in terms of a more integrative worldview that wants to let everybody in, wants to be friends with everybody, wants to be the universal donor and see the upsides of our enemies and see our own blind spots and see what they're seeing that we're not. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting more of that in the, in the world. And I bring it to this show, you know, from time to time as I see it. And there's a, I had a show planned for today where I was gonna highlight some of that, but it feels like it's a better idea next week. <laughs> it's just too much. There's so much going on. So anyway, Mike Pence and, you know, this schism in the Republican Party is going to continue to rivet our thinking for some time to come. All right. So then we have Lady Gaga. <laughs> and, you know, Lady Gaga's good with me. I'm no big fan, but I like how she delivers. And I like from an integral perspective, if, if I could torture this a, a little bit. You know, Lady Gaga is, you know, as postmodern as you can get. She is deconstructive. You know, she deconstructs everything and reconstructs it. And, you know, in some ways she has an integral sensibility in that way of reconstructing as well. And this Lady Gaga, this, the, this, this current incarnation of Lady Gaga has her being, you know, she's singing at the inauguration. She sang at the Super Bowl. 
uh, you know, this is a, a, a category of stardom that transcends this piece or that piece of the culture. And of course, there are going to be people who are eternally allergic to Lady Gaga. But there is a group of people that are enamored of her. A lot of my friends are. She has this, she's was this self-styled queen of the disaffected. She would call her fans their little monsters. And she was the queen of the little monsters. And these are the misfits. And that's what she has consciously cultivated as a star image. And so to see her come out <laughs> with her hair and her big oversized pin and her big dress, it was perfect. She's a diva, she's not gonna come in a suit. But she um, then stood and delivered a fairly straightforward version of the Star Spangled Banner, which is nobody's favorite patriotic song, but it is the national anthem. And it's hard to sing. And she does this bigger than life Broadway Ethel Merman kind of delivery that I appreciate. It's like fearless in this wonderful way. And it's not like her normal singing on stage. And then, um, well, just that she can bring both of those things together, you know, this sort of the, the outcasts and the establishment in this way that is, I think, you know, intrinsically healing, actually, in ways that are below the neck you know what I mean. So then we get to Jennifer Lopez. And in the spirit of the day, I will admit that she has a pretty voice. And I will now officially forgive her for singing People last year, Barbara Streisand's theme song, which requires more than a pretty voice. But, you know, all is forgiven with Jennifer Lopez. And actually, I have to say, in all honesty, I thought she was great today. I thought she was lovely. And I thought she did a beautiful transmission of This Land is Your Land and America, which are two great patriotic songs. And This Land is Your Land is, it's, for some reason, it had, well, I know why it had a new resonance this year. Because of Black Lives Matter, because of Me Too, because of this ever greater realization that the divisions in our hearts are what we're working on now, not divisions in our law, but that we, we, we start with this idea that this land was made for you and me. And that includes everybody. And that song's always meant that for how, you know, what is it, the 30s, it was written by Arlo Guthrie. It was a beautiful choice and she did a beautiful transmission. So I'm a Jennifer Lopez fan today, <laughs> at least. Which brings us to Garth Brooks and Amazing Grace. I, I, I never liked that. I mean, it's a great song. I've sung it a million times myself and it's a, many, many beautiful versions of it. And, and he did a credible one, it was fine. He did choose to sing the verse that I always like to leave out, the one about when we're in heaven and we've been there 10,000 years, we've just begun to sing God's praises and we're going to be there for another 10,000 years and it's going to go on forever. And I remember as a kid when I actually got what that verse was saying, that my reaction was, so what's the other option? For, do I, is there any other option here? But it represents a terrible 
concrete operational misunderstanding of the nature of eternity. And I object. So um, anyway, I'm, I'm kidding a little bit about Garth Brooks and uh, you know this idea of eternity is actually the space within which time arises, within which space arises, within which thought arises, but it cannot be contained by time, space, or thought. And that's a spiritual practice realization. And that verse gets it so wrong. Anyway, so now we go to the main event, Joe Biden's speech. And I thought he did just terrific. I know uh, the scuttlebutt has been that he has been taking this speech quite seriously and working a lot on it. And I think he did a beautiful job of whoever wrote it. You know, he wrote it. Uh, he gets credit for that. His delivery. And you, you know he meant it. Uh, again, this idea of healing, of one America, you know, we're a little jaundiced to that, but it's still true. And finding the ways, you know, in, in where, where our Venn diagrams can overlap is really important. And to not demonize the people who are outside of your circles. And he, like I said, he did it beautifully. And, and I'm going to share just a couple paragraphs that I just hit me between the eyes and I really loved it. He was talking about the polarization in the country and he says, but the answer is not to turn inward, to retreat into competing factions, distrusting those who don't look like you or worship the way you do, or don't get their news from the same sources you do. We must end this uncivil war that pits red against blue, rural versus urban, conservative versus liberal. We can do this if we open our souls instead of hardening our hearts. I like that. We can do this if we open our souls instead of hardening our hearts. If we show a little tolerance and humility, and if we're willing to stand in the other person's shoes, as my mom would say, just for a moment, stand in their shoes. Don't you love that? My mom said that too. Because here's the thing about life. There's no accounting for what fate will deal you. Some days when you need a hand, some days you'll need a hand. There are other days when you're called to lend a hand. That's how it has to be. That's what we do for one another. And if we are this way, our country will be stronger, more prosperous, and more ready for the future. Let's start afresh, all of us. Let's begin to listen to one another again. Show respect for one another. Politics doesn't have to be a raging fire destroying everything in its path. Every disagreement doesn't have to be a cause for total war. And then he, his um, line that he's been using, I will be president for all Americans and will fight as hard for those who didn't vote for me as for those who did. My whole soul is in this, bringing America together. So I watched Newsmax, their coverage of this and their commentary about this. And they too were moved. Uh, it was touching. I mean, it's a moment in time. They sort of have to be, but immediately contracted into, you know, the political 
corners and you know that's going to happen it happened faster there than it probably did on fox i didn't see fox of course cnn and msnbc i'm assuming were quite positive but it was a beautiful speech in my opinion then we get to uh, amanda gorman and this is this young 22 year old poet laureate she wrote a poem called the hill we climb and i thought it was just fabulous. And I'm going to play her about a minute of it. And I hope the Google gods don't throw me off for that. But I'm going to do that. Because it's a poetry, you know, it's not just I, I can't do it like she did. And um, it's, to me, a, a perfect balance between the two major competing streams of thought in the culture. One being that America is a country that we can have grievances against in our history, especially depending on who we are. And that with that said, there could be gratitude and there must be gratitude for the country that we are growing into. And that was very much the theme of her whole, whole poem, which was, I don't know, five, six minutes long. I don't know exactly. And I'm going to play just one minute of it. But it was about that moving forward. It was, and, and that's very much key to integral thinking is that there is a through line in history. The history is a verb, you know, that, that we're being lived and there's a movement forward. And, you know, in integral, we parse it as the ever unfolding stages of goodness, truth, and beauty. And that, you know, the end result is more of those things often achieved by means of their opposites. So truth is put forward often through lies, you know, or at least spurred. And beauty, like I said, evolution is beautiful, but not pretty. That's all very sort of difficult to hold. And I thought she did it really well. And if this is what 22 year olds can do these days, then wow, I am so happy to um, be alive and to see it. So here's Amanda Gorman. When day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never ending shade? The loss we carry, a sea we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace in the norms and notions of what just is isn't always just is. And yet the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. We, the successors of a country and a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. All right. Well, that's Amanda Gorman. And this is our new day. I thought it was a really inspiring inauguration. And um, much has been said about the relief we can already feel about the president not uh, taking up as much real estate in our heads as this last president did. And that uh, 
what we don't need is more charisma. So, <laughs> and there is something about Joe, we know this developmentally that of course children develop like crazy. And, and then we get to where, to where we're going. Are we gonna end up at sort of topping out a traditional or modern or postmodern? We get there in our mid twenties, thirties maybe. And then it's sort of a long period where we stay where we're at. And then there's another burst of evolutionary energy at the end of our lives. Because, you know, we're at the end of our lives. We've seen a lot. And is, you know, it's becoming more and more impressed upon me, I guess, as I'm in the last seasons of my life, that there is a, uh, you know, the very fact of living for a long time is evolutionarily potent. Older people get wiser. And I think that's true about Joe. You know, I remember Joe back in the 80s and never my favorite, you know, always seemed like a glad hander and um, talked too much. But I don't see that now. I see a wise man who has been tempered by tragedy and who's seen a lot and who loves America and loves his family and has high emotional intelligence and um, good judgment. He may not have the sharpness of mind that he did you know, 20 years ago, but he has a wisdom. And that's the payoff you know, in development is that as we get older, we see parts of ourselves that you can't really say they're getting more good, true, and beautiful. <laughs> but in total, we are. You know, in terms of the subtle body, in terms of the causal body, in terms of the, you know, stages of development that we're able to spike into in our these various lines. So, you know, I remember four years ago, I, or probably more like five years ago, when Trump was just emerging over the horizon, that I said how interesting it would be if, you know, of course, it's not going to happen but Trump was elected president. What, what an amazing experience for the culture would be. And I wished I could run the experiment without actually having to live through it. But of course the experiment escaped the laboratory and we did live through it. And, um, you know, we uh, are now about to enter a new experiment with Joe Biden and a Congress that has you know, who knows what this Congress is going to be and do at this point with Mitch McConnell and uh, Liz Cheney and, of course, Josh Hawley and Ted. I mean, it's all what could be more interesting than this. Uh, but in the meantime, <laughs> let's take a break, have a nap, watch the dancing and uh, music and uh, on with the show. So... As always, thank you for listening, and I will see you next week. All right.